Hey, welcome to another episode of Late Night with Larry. I'm here with my co-host, Vince. Vince, give him a shout-out. Hey, good to be here. How's everyone doing today? So, I think tonight, Vince is going to tell us about several Squatch stories that he's familiar with. And uh, I'm going to let him take it because these are his stories. And if I have any questions, I'll interject. But sit back, have a listen. But before... We want you to hit that subscribe button, or if you have had yourself an encounter with the Sasquatch, an alien, a UFO sighting, or anything supernatural, even a haunting, email us at latenightwithlarry55 at gmail.com. Take it away, Vince. Yes, because we want to know. <clears throat> now, the stories I'm going to tell you tonight, there are uh, two of them are first-hand accounts that were told to me by friends of mine, and one came from a, a local... Uh, it's not a newspaper. It's like a magazine, but it, it's a local one where we come from in Gallup. Now, and they, they uh, surround uh, the wheat field up in the Navajo Reservation. They got the Wheatfield Lake. They got the Saylee Lake. And it's all foresty all the way up to the Chuska Mountains. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's pretty neat because once you go north into the Navajo Reservation, it's, you're like in the high desert and just blink of an eye, you're up in the forest. It's it's pretty cool. The lakes are awesome over there, but um, I, I've I've heard several stories about uh, the Sasquatch being around those areas. So I I asked a few friends, and they were of, of course I think almost everybody <clears throat> they have a story or they know somebody who has a story. But I was lucky enough to get two firsthand accounts. Now one of them I didn't have to ask. Once it happened, he called me the very next day because he knew what I went through. So he wanted to share with me. He wasn't exactly sure what happened to him. Uh, let, let me ask a question. And this happened in the Chuska Mountains? This, uh, the, the first story I'm going to tell you happened at Wheatfields Lake. Oh, okay. And that's, that's still on the Navajo Reservation. Right, right. Because that's where the forest starts and it goes all the way up to the Chuska Mountains. Okay, all right. Okay, now, <clears throat> I have a friend of mine. And I, I wanted him to be here, but unfortunately we got this COVID-19 still going on. So... He's uh, hunkered down with his family. Everyone's staying home. They're doing the right thing. So I asked him if it was okay if I could share his story, and he, he okayed it. Now, Wheatfields is, what, about an hour, hour and a half north of Gallup? I, I'm going to say, yeah, an hour and a half north of Gallup. Uh, well, it depends on which way you go, but if you go through, I think, the Window Rock way. Yeah. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half. Yeah, you go through Window Rock, Fort Defiance. Right, yeah. But anyway, it's, it's a nice, nice little lake, a uh, pretty area. He he does a, a camping trip, I guess, at least once a year. So it was time for his annual camping trip. Uh, him and his girlfriend, they packed everything up, went up to Wheatfields. Uh, the fishing's always great there, so that's one of his favorite spots. He was, uh, I guess it was uneventful all day. They set up camp and, you know, they they got their their dinner going, whatever. Whatever you do when you go camping. But he told me it it didn't seem... Uh, unusual but hindsight I guess he felt like he was being watched now that he thinks back on it because uh, he, he he took his, his pistol out of his truck and he left it on the tailgate that's you know he, everyone has had that feeling like eyes on him so that kind of that was the first clue that something was going to be different that night but anyway the, the evening progressed nothing really you know you got the usual forest sounds 
And uh, I, I think a lot of people don't really cue into these four sounds. They 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 dismiss it to a a bear, mountain lion, or a deer, or whatever. But if you really listen to the clues, you you could tell what's out there. But anyway, they they heard the the regular forest sounds throughout the night, and they didn't think much about it. So I guess about I think he said ten thirty eleven. They finally uh, got in the tent. They went to sleep. No big deal. About two o'clock, uh, he was woken up by dogs, dogs barking. <clears throat> now, if you've ever been out on the res, there, uh, there, there's people, they, they have homesteads all over, you know, they live in the mountains <clears throat> and uh, they let their dogs run wild. So, you know, the dogs pretty much have free run of the place. So he heard dogs barking and I don't know, he thought maybe they're coming into the camp. He thought they could be wild dogs, which, you know, they turn feral once they're out right. there so long. And they have many out there. Yeah, a lot. And uh, so he, he got out of the tent. He went and stood by his pickup, you know, uh, had a drink of water, whatever. He was, he was just standing out there enjoying the fresh air. And then he heard something in the forest behind him. Now, he, he can't explain what he heard. But all he told me was like something was crashing through the forest. He said, I could hear, I could hear footsteps. I could hear limbs breaking. And whatever was going through there, he said it was like intentionally making noise. Now, I don't know if it wanted him to know it was there or it was trying to scare the dogs off, whatever it was. But he said he sat out there for a good 30 minutes and it made its way through the forest, kind of like a half circle around him. So it was on the opposite side now where he first heard it. And uh, it was going in the direction that the dog barks were coming from. So I guess once he got, whatever it was, got close enough, the dogs went in to investigate. So he heard the dogs, you know, making a ruckus. And uh, what, what he heard really shocked him because he heard what sounded like one of the dogs being killed. You know, you hear it start screaming and yelping and then all of a sudden it goes silent. Wow. So that, that kind of... That really took him by surprise. So, of course, he jumped in the tent, got his pistol and his flashlight. He jumped out. He started the fire back up. And he said he didn't hear too much after that. But that was enough to keep him awake and outside the rest of the night. Wow, that's that's crazy. And and that's why we, when we go up to the mountains, that's why we keep our fire going all night. Yes, yes. But it was, uh, it kind of startled him. And he... He didn't really know what he was experiencing, but uh, the next morning after they camped up or after they packed up, he was heading back into town. And as soon as he got phone service, he called me because he knew about my experience. I told him about it and he I was the first one he called and he asked me, what do you think it was? And I told him, you know, from your story, I know what I think it is, but I told him you were the one there. What do you think? Right. And he he said, well, you know, I think I may have had a Bigfoot encounter, but he said, right now I'm I'm so freaked out, I, I, I can't really process it. I mean, it possibly could be. I mean, we don't know, but what else? As And if you listen to many encounters, what else charges through the forest with such force like that, that it sounds like a freight train and limbs just breaking? Yes. I mean, bears don't do that. Bears are big animals, but they, they clunk. Even when they run through the forest, they they don't snap branches. They Right. You, you, you may hear them pounding the ground or you'll hear their huffing. And uh, 
I think a lot of times if there's a pack of dogs, the bear will turn and go the other way. They don't want confrontation unless they have their young with them. Right. And of course, yeah, then a bear will get real aggressive. But you're right about that because even if a bear hears you, it's going to go the other way. A, A bear just wants to be left alone unless... Like you said, their young's around, then they're territorial. Unless, unless they feel threatened. Right. But it's it's a... It's a very interesting story, and I'll, I'll get into another story later. He told me it was that same summer, but his girlfriend's kids went camping in the Hamas. But we'll get into that another time. Right. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was watching uh, Small Town Monsters yesterday. <clears throat> And I, I like the series. It's good. And they did a series up in Alaska about a little township that was, and I can't remember because I, I, was, I was listening to it as I was doing other things. But in this township, uh, the, they started with a few local residents. They built a post office. They built a, a big uh, cannery because fishing was big. And right. this was in the 40s, 50s, right? Right. So... One day, they just all left. Everyone packed up and left because supposedly they started finding hunters that were going out and never coming back. And when they were finding them, they were finding them like mutilated, but not like a bear or any other wild animal would do. And uh, several people would see this hairy creature around, which is, it, it's it's a Bigfoot. Right. And, and uh, they... They went back, and this documentary was in 2018, and 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 the the team that went back was the first team ever to go back in there, and uh, you could see all the parts from the cannery, the boilers, the, the old post office building, and it's crazy. Everyone just packed up and left, left everything. So, you know, are Sasquatches that violent? Maybe in some places they are. Right. Maybe some places they're not. Uh, I think uh, some, like we talked about the big thicket where <clears throat> they might be cut off. So, of course, they're going to be very uh, protective. Right. Now, I don't know about aggressive, but maybe uh, if they're not used to human contact, like Alaska's pretty rural. It is. They, they, once they come into contact, it might be like, hey, wait, this is my place. Yeah. And, and, and other places like we go here, they're kind of habituated toward us. They're used to seeing us. Right. They're, they're like, oh, it's those dumb guys again. Well, and, and that's that's strange because uh, do you remember the movie Boggy Creek that was filmed in the 70s? And that's based off true right. facts. Now, you asked me if I remember it. I can't forget it because it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> right. And and the reason we went to the movie theater to see it with our mom is because it was based on true facts that were happening and for those of you that may not know boggy creek's located in the southern arkansas area so that ties into the big thicket with these texas yes and and they're saying that those hairy men bigfoot sasquatch whatever they call them there they call them boogers down there right boogers but they're violent down there yeah now I don't know. Maybe we'll never know it. Could be a different breed or the location. Who knows? It's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. And 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 the demeanor is just crazy because you go into the hills of Kentucky to where some say I saw one and it was it was non-confrontational. We looked at each other, went our own way, and and then some say you know it looked like it wanted to kill me, so I got the hell out of there. And it's just different anywhere you go. But I know one thing, 
throughout this country, North America, USA, coast to coast, there's been thousands of sightings. Yes, thousands upon thousands. And, and even more so now that we have the internet and stuff, it's not that people are wanting the attention. It's just that they have an outlet for their stories. They That's can right. do it anonymously where before you'd have to tell somebody face to face. And a lot of people are like, no, I can't tell my story because they're going to think I'm a cuckoo. I'm a crackpot. That's right. And I will say this, the, the people that were going into this, uh, this abandoned town in Alaska and they had to take a boat for several, I think an hour or so away and to one of the capes and, uh, they they got out and they they went in heavily armed because of the the theory and the stories and the lore behind what was lurking in these mountains so you know they were carrying big 44 magnums desert eagles and they weren't playing around and and that brings me to uh another story that i was listening to and uh, it was about the gold miners in the 1950s or 60s it's about the Sasquatches that it, now there's two stories where they there's one recently, but this one was the first one where the gold miners shot and and they supposedly shot the creature 16 times, not only one, but several people. They put 16 rounds into it and then they said it either fell over the cliff or climbed down the cliff. But later that night, where, about five or seven attacked of their them, cabin. Yes. And uh if you look historically on them, because to to keep your gold mine claim going, you had to file the extension. Or and uh, on that same day that it happened, those gold miners said, "Our work here is done. This claim is closed as of that day." Yeah, and no mm-hmm. one ever went back. Yep, I've I've heard that story too, and that's that's crazy. But uh, I've always thought about that. If you attack one, what what are you going to bring down on yourself? Well, here's the thing. You may see one, but they always say where you see one, there's others. Right. Just like that night I had my encounter. Right. We heard that one scream. I saw the eye shine, but I I didn't know there was another one on the other side of me until it wanted me to know because then it started making noise. Right. And then you hear about these creatures throwing rocks or or limbs that a normal man just can't carry or throw. Right. And no other forest animal can throw rocks right a bear sure can't no i've never seen an elk flick one with its antlers (laughs) neither have i so i mean if you're sitting there and you're fishing and these big boulders start getting thrown into the river the lake whatever i mean you're gonna take notice right now getting back to uh my second story where it's, it's the same area a little north of wheat fields and saline the chuska mountains now, there's homesteads everywhere, and, you know, you talk to the natives, and they'll tell you Bigfoot's been a part of their culture as long as they've been recording their culture. There's stories, and they, they say you respect, you you leave them alone, and they'll leave you alone. Now, I read a story in the, a local publication in Gallup. It was a free magazine, but they had a, art, uh, a section on this where people were telling their stories because there is a lot of stories on the reservation. And the one that stuck out to me was uh, there was a lady and she had a cabin up there. And for some reason, she had her grandkids for the week. They were going to go, I don't know, maybe spring break, summer. But you know how it is. uh, At least a few weeks out of the year, 
they'll send them to stay with their grandparents. Right. You know, it, it brings them back. They teach them their their tribal ways. The traditional know, the ways. The traditional ways, exactly. That's what I was looking for. And, uh, and let's face it, if you ever hung out with your grandparents, they have some badass stories. They do. <laughs> but anyway, she had her grandkids. She was an elderly lady. And I guess uh, she had seen them on her property. They were coming around, not really bothering at first, but I, I think something changed when she had the children with her. Because they, they kept, uh, I guess they started harassing her. Right. They they would, uh, you know, at night they would start making noise. This went on for a couple of nights. And I want to say the third night they they started running by and slapping the cabin. You know, the walls and stuff. Right. So they, they persisted. They did that and they did that until I guess about four or five in the morning. And, and this poor lady and her grandkids were up all night scared to death because you know if they wanted to they could probably crash through those walls they they probably could but you know you say they go by and and i've heard that all too often not only on the reservation but on on many rural areas where people live that they come by and they they'll slap the building or yes or they'll shake the trailer yes yes but anyway i i guess around four or five in the morning they just it it had it had stopped for a little while so that was their opportunity she grabbed the children and they ran down the mountain, you know, and you know, a lot of those old folks that live up in the, in the rural areas, they don't have vehicles. They don't even have running water or so, electricity. Right. So she saw her break. She took the kids and they ran down the mountain. But think about that. She was, she was brave as hell to run down that mountain with those kids. Cause that thing could have been anywhere. Right. Anywhere outside that mountain. Right. That was a, uh, it was a choice she had to make take her chances there and who knows what they had planned next because right. when they're slapping the walls maybe they're testing the integrity i don't know I, I i don't know i i think it's there again it's just my theory they're slapping the walls to let you know we're here and we're more powerful than you and if we want we'll come in to me it's more of a respecting so we don't know what she did prior to but you know these things they're like hey respect our boundaries right you may have just crossed them and, and like the story said she had seen them on the property right but things changed when she got the kids well now were they interested in the kids because i've heard that theory i've i've heard that theory many times too women and children yep or did the kids do something to spark well, this well let's take that back to some tribes up in northern uh the united states of the northern part washington and that some of the tribes say that uh they're the brothers the guardians of the wood other tribes will say, no, they're not. They, they come down and they, they steal the women and the children. Okay, what do they do with the women? Breed? What do they do with the children? Right. You know, are they, are they cannibalistic? Uh, I don't know. Now, I, I work with a native man and he, he, he lives on the res and he, he told me he's seen them. Now, he told me about them stealing women. And what they call them is forest brides. Right. And they do, I, I'm guessing they do try to breed with them. They keep the women until they escape or they die. Right. Now, uh, uh, an interesting thing is I saw a, a movie and they had statistics at the end. It was called, um, it had something to do with Native American women disappearing and being murdered. Oh, are, are you talking, there's, there's a, there's, there's a... A documentary about the stretch of highway going from... No, it, it's a movie. It's uh, This girl was abducted and 
the guy who was sent to uh, investigate, yeah. they they actually they chased her through the snow and killed her. So he found out who was responsible, and he put them through the same fate. Oh, are you talking about Wind River? Wind River. Yes, that's that's an. Now awesome they had river. some statistics at the end how, like Native American women who get murdered or go missing they don't really keep statistics on it okay let me tell you wind river i did and that's a great movie any of you out there listening watch that movie because jeremy rayner you rock in that movie now that movie came off there's a stretch of highway going from uh, washington up through canada where a lot of native girls hitchhike and they they come up missing but it's stretch of highway that no one hardly travels vince it's it's the road less traveled, if you want to say, but these girls, it's a road nonetheless, and, and they all hitchhike up there, and a lot of them that have, they, they come up missing and never found. Now, let's keep in mind where this is at. This is thick forest road going up from Washington up to Utah. I mean, not Utah, up to Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, there is a documentary on that called The Missing, uh, and it's all based on... If and and here's it's here's here's the thing. Let's not get racial or try and get racial. But the the maker of the film wanted to know why, if these were white Anglo American women, I'll bet there'd be so much more precedence put to it right. to find out where they went. Exactly. But because these are indigenous Native women, no one really puts an effort to find out what's happening to them. But many. Many right. of them are missing. Now, now that could go either way because you, they don't, you know, put in effort to find out what happened. But a lot of times these tribes, they don't want no outside interference. And that's a big thing, too. The tribes don't want no interference. But still, on, on that point, when I watch that documentary, and I saw that documentary way before Wind River came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a good point. All these, not one, not two, hundreds of Native women that were supposedly hitchhiking up north on that highway are gone. Right. No one knows where they're at. Never seen again. No. And and Wind River just brought it to the point because there are no statistics. There's no FBI files. There's no data on tribal women that come up missing how many and where. Right. And and if there is, uh, they're not sharing it with us. Right. Okay, now back to the the Navajo Reservation. Up between Wheatfields and Chuska, I have a friend. Uh, <clears throat> I worked with him at a previous job. He's a native man. And uh, he would go up there. His parents still lived up there. And they would, uh, they would do the traditional things. You know, they would get on horseback. And they would, that's how they would hunt and stuff. Right. But uh, it's it just also something he loved doing with his dad. It was their bonding thing. They'd get on the horses and go ride in the mountains. Cool. Now... Uh, he told me, now this is just a very brief story, that they were riding around and they came through a, a dry riverbed. The, the first thing they saw was turkey feathers scattered everywhere. Right. So they got down, they thought maybe a mountain lion had got a turkey or something. So they got down to investigate. And uh, of course, the, they, they were going to pick up the feathers and save the good ones. But uh, when they were investigating, they saw tracks they weren't mountain lion. They weren't bear. He said they were human tracks, but they were bigger. I mean, huge. 
he 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 he's a tall guy. He's over six feet, and he said his boots fit easily within those tracks. Yeah. So that he was like, when they saw that, his dad knew exactly what it was, and his dad said, "You know what? We need to get out of here because it was fresh. Everything was fresh." Right. He said, "We need to, whatever this is, give it space. You know, give it the respect, and let's go the other way." Right. Well, here, here's the thing. Now, you say his boot fit in, but let's keep in mind that we, when, and this is the thing that people don't keep in mind. They say, oh, that track's a hoax. These tracks are so embedded in the dirt, the mud, or the sand that you, me, as, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fat ass, so I'm, I'm 250 pounds. But if I step in sand, I'm not going to leave an indention like that. No, not like so that. So if you're going to do hoaxes like that, as people say, you're going to take something that could put maybe a thousand pounds of pressure into right. the sand because those tracks are down. Now, now, when you step in sand, like the smaller your foot or your impression, whatever, you could sink deeper. Right. Something that big would take more force. Right. But yet look how... Right press they are yes exactly so, so these creatures are six seven hundred pounds right to leave a track like what that. i was going to say is a foot our size to leave a indention like that <clears throat> would take a, a pretty good amount of pressure right something that big would take at least two three times the amount right now i lived in virginia and i used to walk on and run on the beach and uh my tracks i left no tracks right exactly so that's why I'm saying to leave a track and leave it behind, you weigh a good amount. So this is a, this is either a human that's probably five six hundred pounds. Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we know he's dead. Right. So that's what I want people to think about too when they hear that there's tracks left behind. N not every track can be a hoax, especially in sand and marsh. Because it takes a lot of weight and pressure to put right, that and, track and down. also another thing they say to look for is uh, the mid tarsal break, right? Which their foot bends differently, and they say it has to do with the amount of weight. So right. we have uh, the ball of our toes. You know, that's kind of where we push off on. Right, their, their foot kind of bends in the middle. Right. And and you'll see in, in true tracks, it'll have that mid-tarsal break where there's a little bit of dirt pushed up right in the middle of the track. Right. Because, I mean, because let's 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 be real. They may be human, but they still have that uh, the primate. Feature, primate feature. Yes. And that's what the primates do, like like a grip. Right. As, yeah. As to where we are end-to-end, -end, and some of us are flat-footed like me, end-to-end, -end, they grip and that and and you know what thinking about that that's why they could probably be that's why they're probably faster than people most people cuz that grip right it's a push off exactly and uh, a, a lot of people say that they're they're really fast when they drop down i've seen a video when they dropped down and it was they were gone now of course on the internet you have to take everything with a grain of salt you do and, and but it's the hoaxes I think are pretty easy to pick up. They are because you're like, mm. I saw one that they're like, oh, this is genuine and watch till the end. And I watched and as soon as it came, they're like Sasquatch catching a fish. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think you had a fish already there. When he stepped out, when I paused the video, that looked like he was wearing boots. I was like, come on. Yeah. Now. Yeah. 
I was like, come on. People will do anything to get traffic to their channel. Right. But for those of us that are truly interested in catching a glimpse or finding out what this hominoid is about, I mean, you know, it's it's like we're we're looking for a needle in the haystack. Right. And it, it might not even be a needle because <clears throat> the signs are out there. We're just we're oblivious to them we don't see them unless you go in with this mindset and you know what to look for you have to know what to look for and and like as i looked at some of the documentaries where they say they have squatch hair true sauce squatch hair how it changed with the color they blended in with their surroundings because of the hair the the way light reflected off it i'm like they're going to be almost impossible right. to see. Now, now before we end this, I just want to, we're talking about that. I have a lot of friends. I, I work in a rural area. It's close to a small town, and they're all hunters. Now, the majority of them, they're like, no, I don't believe it because I've never seen one. But I believe that just because you haven't seen it don't mean they're not there. I, I guarantee and, they've seen them. Right. They've seen them, and I guarantee that they've, they're smart enough. They know what that rifle does. Right. So they're going to keep their distance and unless you're threatening to them they're not going to bother you right they're going to let you go on your dumb way and they're going to say well they're going to take one deer but we got them all they're going to take the one deer but they're going to gut it and leave the best parts (laughs) and that's what they want the liver and the heart yeah yeah so but those are some interesting stories vince thanks yeah and And there's plenty on the reservation uh i don't know Maybe we got some people listening from the reservation, especially now that everyone's on lockdown. That's right. You know, reach out to us. Yeah, reach out to us. And, and Vince, your friends that listen to this, that we're telling their stories, have them share this with their friends. Yeah. And and maybe some of their other friends that have had encounters. And we, we want to bring some people on here. We want to hear your story. So, yes. Yes, exactly. Come on. Let's, let's get your stories anyway thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed it and like we said get in touch with us let us know if we suck or if we're doing a good job yep and you guys stay safe out there wash your hands and just do the right thing wash your hands wipe your butts and be safe peace peace <laughs>